Welcome to Grace and Truth with Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a devotion that's meant to encourage you and challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Please subscribe to our podcast and check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. Sherman Burkhead, and this is Grace and Truth, a devotion that's meant to encourage you and challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ through a time in the Word and through a time in prayer. And it is uh, January the 6th, uh, 2021. This is the first Grace and Truth of the uh, of the year 2021. And we are just really excited to be able to get back together with you guys. Uh, as you well know, Grace and Truth was born out of um, really a time... Of, of great turmoil in the sense that uh, we wanted to stay connected with with you um, you know through the week because of of the coronavirus and not being able to see each other um, and not being able to connect with one another and have Bible studies and so the devotion of grace and truth was born out of that uh, in an effort to stay connected with everyone else and um, uh, that being said, it has turned out to be something that I think has grown into something more than I had expected it to. Uh, hello, Debbie. It's good to see you. Um, hello, uh, Christy. Um, and grace and truth has really become something, like I said, more than uh, what I had originally expected for it to. Uh, it's become something that um, I had not had any anticipation for um for anything more than just simply just a, a weekly devotion, but it seems as though it's it's something that's helped to connect uh, a number of people to First Baptist Church and really helped to encourage you guys through a difficult time. And so it's my prayer that we can continue on with this. And uh, and even now, uh, Brother Wilson in uh, Kenya uh, likes to plug into grace and truth, and we use this as an opportunity to talk about uh, things uh, theological and sometimes uh, a little bit more devotional. But um, that being said, it is a it's a blessing uh, to. Um, to, to be able to share this time with you. And I certainly appreciate all those who, who tune in on a regular basis um, to join me here on Grace and Truth. But uh, that being said, as you know, um, my heart always is to begin with gratitude. Um, <laughs> if you read the news right now, as you look at the news right now, you can see there's a lot of things to be concerned about. There's a lot going on. And it can be, if we get focused on the news, it can seem like that, that really everything is all negative all the time. Um, but with that being said, uh, I feel like it's important for us to always come back and remind ourselves um, of what we're grateful for. And the reason why I say that is because God is good to us. Even in when it seems like the worst possible circumstances, God certainly has uh, given us more than we possibly deserve. God has granted us more than than we, than we need. Uh, the fact of the matter is we still live in a country at this moment that's still free. Uh, we live in a country right now that's still affluent and there's abundance right now and uh and even then if even if we take those things away we still have more god still blesses us more than we deserve the fact of the matter is is we we deserve nothing from his hand but um uh we, we deserve nothing f from his hand but but you know his wrath um and his judgment but for some reason god has decided to pour out his grace on us time and time and time again uh but that being said i want to just want to just 
come to you and talk about what I'm grateful for as we get started with Grace and Truth in 2021. And the first thing I want to share with you that I'm grateful for, and I'm grateful for a lot of things, but this has been on my heart and mind. I'm grateful for those who volunteer their time in the local church, especially here at First Baptist Church. I'm grateful for the deacons who uh, really make a point to love on people. Uh, deacons, they serve in a capacity where it is practical leadership. Uh, they love people right where they are. They love people um, and and make a point to to uh, to love people in their physical needs to help them with food and clothing and uh, and you know help them move and things like that. Uh, deacons serve a really really valuable point in the church to help to, to actively show the love of Christ. But more than just the deacons, we also have many other people who volunteer their time as well. We have teachers in the church. Uh, we at First Baptist Church are very blessed with the teachers that we have. Uh, we have teachers for every age group, uh, for, from uh, from the nursery to the uh, three to five-year-old class to first through third graders. And then we also have um, a fourth through sixth grade class that is led by our youth group. Um, and I'm grateful to God for all of those people who volunteer their time to minister and share the gospel and the hope of Christ with the next generation. I'm also grateful for all those people who are behind the scenes. There are people who come and clean things around the church that nobody knows about. They mop the floors and they make sure the bathrooms are straightened up and make sure that the toilet, the toilet paper and the paper towels are still stocked up. Uh, and then there are other people who do other things administratively. We, you know, I have a deacon who handles the the, the finances. We have uh, people who actually enter all the data in to our database to make sure that people's giving is accurately recorded. Um, there are so many tasks that happen around even a little bitty church like this, um, and there are so many people who are involved in those things. And I just I am grateful to God for all of them. Um, and I, I would say that is because you know as a pastor who wears multiple hats here at a, a very small church with a lot of things happening, uh, I couldn't do what I do without all of them, including, you know, uh, uh, my technology people, you know, my oldest boy, he actually, not my oldest, but my youngest son, um, he handles the technology uh, and the, the video uploads and things like that. And again, I could recognize lots and lots of people, you know, from the worship team all the way down. Uh, but suffice it to say, uh, today I am just looking heavenward and say, Lord, thank you for all those who volunteer in our local church, but also thank you for all those who serve in churches around um, the world. Hello there, Rick. Um, you know, every church in America requires, you know, uh, people being involved. And there are people who, who take and give of their time with nothing in return except for their service to God. And, and I'm grateful to God for that. So I ask, what about you? What are you grateful to God for? Um, I know that God has been good to you. How in, how has God been been good to you? And I've been grateful for your responses last week. Uh, a couple of you really touched my heart with uh, with the things that you had said. But I'm always always interested to find out what it is that God's made you grateful for this week. And you can let me know in the comments, or you can message me, or send me an email at fbcboron at gmail.com, or you can call at the office here at seven six zero seven six two five one four nine. Also, if you're someone who has who has not actually come to faith in Christ, or you're just kind of on the fence about that or maybe you thought maybe you made a prayer to prayer at some point but you're not sure if you have a relationship with Christ I'd love to have a conversation with you about that I'd love to walk you through the gospel again um, and again you can call us at 760-762-5149 or email us at fbcboron at gmail.com so I want to come back now to our devotional point of this, and I have a lot to talk about, a lot to share with you. My my goal is to kind of keep this concise, but but there's a lot to think about. 
And what we're seeing today in Washington is, you know, is reality um, is that there is a there's a lot happening in our country. And I and I say that to say is that the violence that's been perpetrated is just unexcusable. And I say that for all forms of violence in all demonstrations. Um, and I've been saying that for months and months and months. I do get frustrated with people who want to just actually point out one side's violence, but not actually, you know, come to the table and actually say, you know, call out violence on every side. I'm tired of, I really get fed up with people who will ex make excuses for, for people on their end of the, the, the spectrum, but then condemn everybody else for everything else. What I, what I do realize is this is actually a sign of where we are as a country. Now, there are a lot of people who will say, well, this is a sign of the times, and we can have that conversation later on. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives with eschatology. But what I will say is this, is, is what's happening in our country is not accidental. What's happening in our country is a direct result of a nation who has lost its focus upon God. And the fact of the matter is the Bible is replete with the fact that, that nations ultimately will be judged by God, especially those who are wicked. And, and, and it doesn't take very long to look around to see the wickedness that's happening in our country. The fact of the matter that over 60 million babies have been murdered by their parents in our country since 1973 is a huge stain of wickedness on our country. The fact that, that we have lost our way when it comes to marriage and sexuality and gender. The fact that we are openly you know, mocking God and his creative order in, in a prayer. In fact, you know, I, I want to I want to share with you the 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 uh, the prayer that that opened the or was the end of the the opening day of Congress uh, was uh, that 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 basically was was prayed. The end of that the um, uh, the representative and I can't remember his name. Um, he actually ended the prayer with the expression "Amen" and "Ah, woman," which really is just, I, I want to be gracious here, but it's really hard not to say words like stupid. And, and and I say that to say is because it's complete ignorance and we, and he knows what he's doing. The fact of the matter is, is the, the Hebrew word amen is, you know, uh, is Hebrew. And, and really we know what that means. It means so shall it be done or so shall it be. It's an expression that basically let God's will be done. And a woman is just simply just a pandering term you know, to a culture who has lost its way, who is, is, is rushing headlong into insanity, wanting to erase the distinctions between males and females and genders. It's just, it's, it's just plain silliness. But, but in that, what we, when, when, when I've heard a lot of people comment on this, there's actually something even more fundamental that's missing um, in, in where we are as a Christian nation. And that is um, his words before that. He says, may the Lord lift up his the light of his countenance upon us and give give us peace, which is absolutely, you know, a benediction. Peace in our families, that's a good thing. Peace across this land, and dare I ask, oh Lord, peace even in this chamber now and evermore. I think those are good things to pray for. But then he says, we ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and gods known by many names, and by many different faiths, amen and all women. And what this prayer absolutely did was it it became inclusive of all 
faiths and basically put everything on the same on the same ground. That being said, what what, what does that mean to us as Christians? Well, the reality is is you know, politicians are going to politic, and that's what we have to realize. Politicians are going to say things because they're looking for votes, and they're looking to be popular, and they're looking to basically which way the wind's blowing, and they're going to lean that direction. That's why they're saying what they're going to say. But the fact of the matter is, it does tell us where we are as a country. If that's where we are as a country, if that's what's being said in Congress, that's a reflection of what's happening in the culture, we could see what's happening in our culture is actually leaning away from from God. And as we continue to lean away from God, as we continue to rush headlong into embrace sin, we're going to we are going to experience the judgment of God upon our nation. Now, I say that to say that many people um are are will come back and say, you know, well our hope is that we retake the house or we retake the senate or we do this and and I think there are even people who that, that are that are protesting right now and in and and doing and going beyond that because they think their hope is somehow some way they're going to save America right by doing what they're doing um but the reality is is this is our hope is not in a government I want, I want you to hear me on this our hope is not in a government that's composed of sinful people right people who are fallen and broken the reality is, is the, the government that we've had over the years, even the original framers had said, the reason why it will work is if we have a country that's founded on the notion that people are self-governing and the thing that self-governs people is the, the word of God. When we lose that mooring, now what we're looking for is we're looking for for, for people to, to somehow make us better. And that's just not going to happen. Politicians are going to do what politicians do. They're going to pander to crowds. They're going to pander to people who line their pockets, right? Money talks. This is the way things are. We understand that. And so what we need to realize is our hope is not in how the government shapes itself out. Now, I, I want you to hear me. Please hear me. I, I love this country. I do, right? I have a son who serves actively in the military, and I, and I love him and his sacrifice he's made for this country. I have lots of kids in my youth group who've served in the military. I believe that America has been a voice of freedom across the world for, you know, for 200 years, right? And, and I would love to see that continue. The, the United States of America has been instrumental by the hand of God in the spreading of the gospel around the world in the furthest reaches of the world. And I love this nation and this country. I love the people that are here. I love what it, what it has meant to be an American. Not to say that we're perfect and we're flawless because there's not been a nation or culture in the entire existence of humanity that has been. But what I will say is this, is I do understand my hope is not in the direction that the nation of America goes. My hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the God who sent his son into the world to save us and the God who is sovereign. And that's what I want to share with you. I just want to share with you just a couple of scriptures that that really illustrate the point that what's happening in the world is not out of control. It might feel like it's out of control. We're going to wring our hands, we're going to worry, we're going to be upset, we're going to be, you know, frustrated. But ultimately what we need to do as Christians is turn our eyes heavenward and then intercede for the country, absolutely, but then pray that his will will be done. As Debbie as Debbie uh Brown has 
pointed out in the comments. God's will be done. And I'm going to tell you, God's will will be done because he is sovereign and in control. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in the heavens and he does all that he pleases. If God is determined for the United States of America to be under his judgment, there's nothing we can do to change his mind. God's will will be done. Obviously, we want to call our nation to repentance, that God has used the prayers of people in the past, and he's used prophets of old to speak to the nation, to call people back you know, to God, and God certainly has changed and turned his face upon his people. We've seen that over and over again in the Old Testament. But I'm going to tell you right now, if our nation continues the way that it's going, God's judgment will be poured out upon our, our country. Right? First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 11 through 12 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and your hand and in your hand are power and might, and in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. God's sovereignty is undisputed. God's sovereignty is absolutely, without question, um, undeniable. Um, Job says this, 42 verse 2, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Proverbs verse, chapter 16, verse 9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Proverbs 19, verse 21, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And then Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no, uh, none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. And how about Daniel chapter 4, verse 35? All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing and he does according to his, his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can, say, can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? And then Psalm verses Verse uh, Psalm 103, verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. God is completely sovereign and in control. God's will will be done. We, as a praying people, ought to pray that God would certainly bring revival to our country, that we would repent of our national sin, that we would turn to him with our faces towards heaven. But if that doesn't happen in our country, then what we need to do is realize that God is working on his plan. But I want you to also understand, though, even in the darkest of moments when it feels like God's plan seems to be something that's painful for us, let me remind you what his sovereignty almost also promises, and that's Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's the truth, brothers and sisters in Christ. That is the truth. We can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how history is going to work itself out. There are a lot of question marks that are going to be happening. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm very surprised by how things are shaping up in Washington today. It just absolutely takes my breath away. And I mean, it, it terrifies me in a sense to see that, that people are actually becoming violent right now. 
Uh, the fact of the matter is, is we've been a nation of laws and a nation that has that has had peaceful transitions, you know, from one administration to the next for since the inception of our country and now suddenly things seem to be really really weird and I, and I don't want to be the I don't want to be someone who's going to theorize on what's going on in Washington at this moment because I'm sure that there's a lot of things that I don't know about I'm not I haven't watched all the news and read all the news stories what I can say is this is that what's happening now like the year 2020 is something that's historical and obviously unprecedented and when we walk in these unprecedented times, things will change rap very rapidly. And all I can say is for me, and I think that I should say for all of us as Christians, is that we need to now more than ever get on our knees before the Lord and ask that his will would be done. That we pray for protection for our loved ones. We pray for protection for our nation for sure. But ultimately, no matter what happens, that God would be glorified in how things work out. Obviously, our government itself is has has went its own way. I mean, and, and we've known that for a long time. We've known that politicians are politicians, but now it's out in the open. And in fact, now that the that the Senate has uh, more than likely gone uh, to the left, then there's going to be some legislation that's going to come out that's going to make it harder to be a Christian. It's going to be harder to be a pastor. It's going to be harder to be a church uh, because there's going to be uh, now a force feeding of some inclusivity that really now um, at this moment is not forced upon us. Things are going to change and that's the way, way things are. But in that, as we stand here at the precipice of change, as we stand here in this moment, what we need to do is turn our eyes heavenward and put our faith and our hope in Christ. And I want to remind you what your hope is. Okay? Your hope is not that somehow, some way, you know that the Amer that the United States of America is going to continue on as a, a a republic and a free nation forever. That's not our hope. There's never been a nation that survived its own success. There's not been one historically speaking. Your hope and my hope is the same as the hope of those people in Kenya, as the same as the people the hope in people in Pakistan, is the same of the hope of the people in China, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel is simply this. That all of us, every single one of us, were born into this world, fallen and broken. And by our nature, we were children of wrath. That we are sinners. God created the heavens and the earth. And he created us to have a relationship with him. But our sin separates us from God. And not just our sin nature, but our active sin. We choose to sin. We have chosen to sin since we were little bitty kids. You don't have to teach your kids how to be mean. You don't have to teach them how to, uh, to, to be deceitful. You don't have to teach them how to be violent. They just automatically know that's who they are and it's what they do. And because of our sin, we are separated from God. right? And we are hopeless in that. And that we would never even choose God because we love our sin so much. But with that being said, our sin cannot be overcome if we had a desire by our own efforts. We can't be good enough. We can't be loving enough. We can't be compassionate enough. In fact, that's the contrary to what the rest of the world's trying to teach us is that if somehow, some way we can legislate enough and we can make people, you know, genuine enough and we can, we can outlaw enough things and cause people to be, to change how they think and how they behave, that somehow, some way they're going to be good enough. And there's, there's no way you can't be good enough. You can't change your own heart, right? And in that you can't overcome the stain of your own sin by your efforts anyway. And so with that, then you are helpless 
There's nothing you can do to make yourself right with, with God. But then the grace of God was poured out uh, on us by God himself when Jesus Christ came into the world to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. We were required to live. We couldn't live. And he fulfilled the law on our behalf that we couldn't ourselves fulfill. Something, a law that we just could not do on our own. And then, in addition to that, he went to the cross and he made propitiation for our sins. He died for the sins that we committed. All of our sins were, were heaped upon him. He became sin who knew no sin, so we might become the righteousness of God. Our sins were heaped upon him, and then he bore in his body the awful, terrible wrath of God on our behalf. And that all we do is we trust in that and put our faith in Jesus Christ and our hope in him alone and make him the Lord of our lives, and that we have life everlasting. That is our hope. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you lived in a country that everything was great and in America that everything was perfect and we were all patriots and everybody saw everything the same way, but we didn't have faith in Christ, it would be a lost cause because we would stand at the end of our lives collectively before a holy, righteous, and just God and we would be judged and rightfully condemned to hell forever. But in that, God's, in his justice, has decided for some way, somehow, to, to cast his love upon a broken people who are rebellious. All we do is put our faith and hope in him. And I'm calling you to do the same thing and to walk in that. One of the things I need to, to, to take to heart every single day, and it's the same thing you, you do as well, is that you are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And that continues to be the same thing for the rest of your life. You don't get saved and suddenly now you get perfect and you do all the right things. What you need to realize is your hope is always the same thing, that Christ has done it all for you. And that when you fall on your face and you make a mess of things, you look up to heaven, you grab a hold of that promise and you hold on to that promise that God has made to rescue you. And the promise that, that no one can take you out of his hand. And so, Again, if you have not turned to faith in Christ, I call you to repent and believe. And if you are in Christ, but you're struggling, then I call you to the same thing. Continue to repent and believe the gospel because that ultimately is your hope. Regardless of what happens in the rest of the world, regardless what happens in our country, or regardless what happens in your own community, the world's going to go the direction it's going to go. The question is, is do you have a saving relationship in Jesus Christ? And if you do, who are you sharing that hope with? Because ultimately, that's the call that we all have in our lives, is to go out into the world and share the hope of Christ with everyone around us until the entire world is evangelized. So with that, I hope that's, that's an encouraging message for you. Um, and again, I know that we, we stand right now, like at this moment, it's almost 2.30. I have no idea what's going to happen between now and tonight. All I do know that things can be a little bit chaotic. I do know that the world is different than what it was, you know, uh, a year ago. Uh, but what I do know is that the God debt that, that brought us from, from death to life never, ever changes. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow, and we can trust in him. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your grace and mercy. I, I thank you, Lord God, that you are um, the rock on which we build our lives. You are the, the foundation on which we stand. You are the hope that we have. You are the thing that we have in common. If we are in Christ, that is what we have, Lord. 
that we are saved by grace through faith and not anything that we do, not by our political affiliations, not by our ability to be smart, not by anything else except for the fact that Christ died on the cross and that we heard that gospel by your grace and that we believe and we trust in that. And I pray, Father, that that would be the thing that we're holding on to, but I pray that'd be the message we go out into the world to share. And, and, and Lord, I am praying right now, Lord, for this country as we move into a different time, as things change, Lord, I pray, Father, for peace in our country. I pray, Lord God, that that you that you would establish us, Lord God, that you would grant us repentance, Lord, unto life. That Father, that you would change the course of this nation. That we would we would not continue down this path of self destruction. That Father, we'd be a country that that values you and loves you, and 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 not just in just word only, just to make people happy politically, but that we would be a country that desperately is seeking your face, Lord. Make us a nation of people who pray. Make us a nation of people who live by the word. Make us a nation, Lord God, who truly walk in repentance and faith, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would make that happen. We're trusting in you, Lord God, but no matter what happens, we know, Lord God, that you are sovereign and in control and that, Father, as we look years and and centuries down the road, as we stand in heaven, we're going to see, Lord, how everything has worked out the way that you have designed it for, designed for it to happen. And we will worship you for your wisdom and your, for your might and your grace. And I thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord God, for, uh, for our churches. I thank you for our church families. I thank you for faithful ministers of the gospel. And I thank you for all those, Lord God, who are trusting in you, Lord. And I pray, Father, you'd give them the strength to, to carry on and to persevere in their faith. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So with that being said, I, want, I hope you know that you are absolutely loved and that you were prayed for. And as we continue down this road and as we see the future is uncertain, what I can say for certain is our God will never fail you. And that I also will let you say for certain that we have one another. Uh, if you're in Christ, you're my brother and sister, and I love you and I'm praying for you. And it is my hope that we will just continue uh, to minister one another and care for one another and help each other get through a very difficult time in our, our nation's history. Uh, that being said, I love you. Uh, grace and peace. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Grace and Truth with Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you consider partnering with us as we share the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.